Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Well, good afternoon. Great to be with you today. My name is Pastor Josh Sorensen here live in the studio at Grace FM on this Friday, May 12th. And it is wonderful to be back with you again on this Friday. We had a bit of a kind of a crazy week weather-wise here. Uh, If you guys are in the local Aurora, Denver, Colorado area, you'll know we had a uh, pretty severe, depending on where you live, storm yesterday. But right outside the front of our house, we had uh, these golf ball-sized hail falling. And a brother just asked me a few minutes ago what my car looks like, and I'm afraid to say that (laughs) a few little dings here and there. Uh, We do know a few people that had their windshields cracked, and it was one of those kind of storms. So wonderfully, that didn't happen uh, to my car personally. Unfortunately, it did to a few others. But uh, So we we made it through that. As a matter of fact, I was thinking of Pastor Ed yesterday, who was live on the air here doing the Calvary Live show as it was hailing golf ball size hail yesterday. Uh, But he made it through, and we are here, so it is a wonderful uh, joy to be here with you. We are here to take your calls on Calvary Live and to take your prayer requests, so uh, feel free to give us a call. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. We'd love to just, again, if there's something that you have on your heart that you've been thinking about regarding your own walk with the Lord, but possibly a Bible question. Um, I know for myself that there's been times I've been reading through the Word in my own devotions, and something comes up, and I'm thinking, "Man, I don't. That, that's an interesting Bible verse." Or, "Wow, I didn't. I didn't see that there. I wonder what that means." Or, "I, I see this, but I don't quite understand what that means." And so, for me, this this show is a great opportunity just to to be able to engage around maybe that question that you have. Um, a lot of times, too, our local church is a great place to take these questions. We've got pastors that have, have studied the Word and are able to help work us through some of those things. So that's part of the heart behind this. We are a local church, Calvary Church here in Aurora, Colorado. And so this show is a ministry of Calvary Church and, of course, Grace FM. Uh, and so we, we are privileged to know that this radio station and this particular show is going out across the country right now. So it's our joy to be able to do what we can to help answer these questions. 303-690-3000. And I also want to say, too, that beyond Bible questions, one of our hearts and my heart as, as a host and, and just as a pastor is to pray for you. There's no greater joy than to be able to lift one another's burdens before the Lord. You know, the, the Bible says that we, we, we weep with those who weep. We rejoice with those who rejoice. And so to carry one another's burdens uh, through prayer is a wonderful thing. And through this means of radio and the Calvary Live show on Grace FM, uh, it, it's, a, it's amazing how many people tune in. And, and now we have the confidence that as we lift up your prayer request, it's not just you and me, uh, but that there's many other brothers, many other sisters in the, the body of Christ that are agreeing with our prayer and praying with us as well. So if you have something on your heart that you're just thinking, man, it's, it's a tough season or something is going on in your personal life or something with a family member, a friend, a coworker, and you would like to lift that up in prayer, 
well, that's one of the great uh, privileges for me uh, is to be able to pray with you. Uh, as a pastor, I've told the guys here many times, I, I just love uh, after services when all the pastors come up front uh, to, to pray for the people in the church. That's just one of the highlights of my week. And, and it's not always easy because a lot of people come with a lot of heavy things, a lot of difficulties. But, but, but the reason I say I love it is because the joy behind that is being able to say, look, there is an answer, and, and the answer is a person, and that person's name is Jesus. And there's great hope in just reorienting and reposturing our heart back to Jesus again, no matter what we're going through. And so I just want to encourage you, if, if you're going through something, a difficulty, or if you're just needing some, some prayer today, this show is a great invitation for you just to say, look, I, it's, it might be, feel a little bit awkward to call and to be live on the air, and that's okay. I, I understand. <laughs> I'm the host, and I understand that. Uh, but, but we would love to be able to pray for you. Uh, you know, someone once said when it comes to prayer, uh, no prayer, there's no power. Uh, with a little prayer, there's a little power, but with much prayer, there is much power. And the older I grow in my walk with the Lord, I'm just convinced there is so much power in prayer. And I'm seeing it, and I'm evidence of it, and it's been true in my life. And so I'd love to be able to just come alongside and pray with you, knowing that there is a church, a family listening in right now that would pray with you as well. So again, our number, 303 Six nine zero three thousand is the number, and if you prefer not to call and be on on the air, but you would like to text us your prayer request, we do have a text line again available twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, and we would love uh, to be able to do that. Uh, and and one of the great the great joys of of receiving these texts is that we have a, a, as a local church here a, a prayer team that receives every single one of the texts that come through, and there's a group of people that that, that prayer request gets forwarded to. So you are guaranteed, uh, and, we, and that's one of the ministries of this church, that, that that prayer request that you text in, whether we get to it live on the air here or not, you will be prayed for. And so let me just give you that text line, 720-336-0897. 720 is the text line. But if you would like to call in, prayer request, call in with a question, um, and that would be a joy to be able to interact with you today. So we've got one line open. I'm going to get to the two that are currently waiting. Uh, but the number for you, if you'd like to take that third line, 303-690-3000 is the number. You're listening to Calvary Live, coming to you on 93 stations in over 20 states nationwide. We are here every Monday through Friday afternoon from 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock Mountain Standard Time, uh, and I know that many of you are listening on Grace FM, some of you are listening uh, on Hope FM in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Maryland, uh, Truth FM if you're in Tennessee and North Carolina, just want to shout you guys out as well, Higher Rock Radio in Meridian, just want to say hello to you, and I just heard wonderful news that some of you in Corpus Christi, Texas are now listening to us on Living Water Radio, which I believe is within the past week and a half, two weeks that, that the show has been a part of Living Water Radio. So, so good to have you guys tuning in. And then, of course, Radio by Grace, 78 different stations um, is tuning into the Calvary Live show through Radio by Grace. So, again, such a privilege to be with you, uh, and I'm just so thankful that we have this opportunity. 303-690-3000, and we have a call call here from JT in Mississippi. Good afternoon, JT. Good afternoon. Um, 
I was just curious. I'm I'm dealing with some hardships financially, and I have a big family and stuff. And I've dealt with a couple people just uh, making assumptions that you know, I'm doing something wrong or God's punishing me. And we know that through Job that um, that's not always was never never the case in my opinion that He punishes us. But what are some other passages that come to mind for you when you're dealing with something like that, as somewhat of a persecution, um, and you're trying to walk that fine line with God, humbly with Him? Yeah, and so just for some clarification, um, are, are you saying you yourself feel that you're going through some persecution, or are you speaking more specifically to trials? No, I think, I, I don't necessarily say I'm persecuted, because based on, like, biblical persecution, we're nothing close to that this day and age, but just maybe some accusations that assume I'm doing something wrong, um, whereas it's just typical difficulties that I see as God drawing me near. Is there any... Uh, specific passages other than like Job, the example of Job that comes to mind with dealing with um, maybe outside noise and trying to stay focused on what God's trying to teach in this moment of struggle? Yeah, yeah that, that's a really good question. Appreciate you calling in. There, there's a number of great verses, um, particularly, you know, when you're when there's accusation coming against you that is untrue uh, and... It happens not just to believers, of course, it happens to anybody, but as a believer, um, there's both encouragement in God's Word, and then there's some um, some exhortation in God's Word as well. So I'll give you uh, one example. Is a, is a, immediately my mind goes to James chapter 1, verses 2 and 4. Uh, many of us are familiar with this. This could be regarding accusation or really any kind of difficulty, but James there says, "...count it all joy when you face various trials of many kinds, for that testing..." And that's kind of the point of, of any trial or any difficulty that, uh, that God allows into our life. Again, a, a difficulty isn't coming from God. God allows these things. And a lot of times they're there to test us, and they're just revealing to us where God needs to continue to work in our lives. And so that testing, James says, produces uh, steadfastness. And then when steadfastness has its full work in us, uh, we may be mature, lacking in nothing. First uh, Peter as an exhortation in going through these things as a believer, First uh, Peter says, don't repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless, for to this you were called that you may obtain a blessing. Um, there's a verse I think of a lot, Psalm chapter 35, and actually I'd encourage you to, if you get some time to read Psalm 35, because uh, there, there it's speaking of false accusations, those that are coming after you with uh, with stories. And, and and he says there, as he's speaking about these revilers, he says, they open wide their mouths against me. They say, aha, aha, our eyes have seen it. But then the psalmist is reminding himself, he says, you have seen, O Lord, do not be far from me. Um, and then, of course, he says, arise and rouse yourself from my cause, my God and my Lord. And, uh, and of course, you know, First uh, First Thessalonians five fifteen again another exhortation there see that no one repays any evil for evil but always seek to do good to anyone and to everyone Jesus would say even to those who persecute you even your enemies and so um, you know it's difficult uh, particularly when when we're on the the receiving end of that and I know for me my flesh immediately wants to defend myself that I go there or I get angry uh, or I get frustrated. Uh, but watching someone, as, as you mentioned, JT, like like Job responding to what he responded to and watching his heart in the midst of great difficulty uh, is is an incredible encouragement to me. Um, you know, there's a, there's a particular verse where Job says, Job chapter 10, verse 2, 
show me, God, why you are contending with me. And he was, in that verse, he was sharing his agony of spirit with with God in a season that he just couldn't understand it. But the point was he went to the Lord with it. Um, and so I think Jesus would just say, look, you know, Peter again says, cast your cares on me because, because I care for you, the Lord, um, speaking through Peter there. Um, and so there's an invitation there to come to the Lord and to receive from him the strength because Jesus himself, of course, received all sorts of accusation, all sorts of persecution, all sorts of false things said to him. And as he was receiving those things on the cross, um, he says something remarkable. He says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. Uh, And so just for me, as I hear that and I hear the heart of Jesus, I think, Lord, my flesh does not immediately go there. My flesh wants to defend myself. It wants to correct the person that is accusing me or, uh, or if someone's persecuting me, I want to fight back. Uh, but then I think of Jesus and think that he, Jesus not only took it all, but he prayed for the very ones that were throwing those, those mocking accusations at him that were belittling him. Um, they, of course, as we know, physical, um, they, they were physically attacking him in, a, in addition to verbally attacking him. And so uh, as, as I get closer to Jesus, he, he begins to soften my heart to, to respond in ways that he would respond. And, and, and of course, that's the difference between waking up in the morning and saying, okay, I've got two choices today. One is to, is I'm naturally bent towards my flesh. So I'm going to do the things I want to do. And that means I'm going to be selfish and I'm going to be angry and I'm going to be all about myself or, or to say in the morning, God, would you just fill me afresh with your Holy Spirit? And would you give me the heart of Jesus? And no matter what comes into my life today, uh, I'm looking to you, Jesus, to do a, a fresh work in me, even if that means doing something that comes not natural to me, but supernaturally, Lord, where, where I bless those who curse me. And I, and I walk the extra mile with a person that asks me. And, and uh, even, you know, Jesus talks about in the Sermon on the Mount there, if I get slapped in the face to turn the other cheek. And of course, Jesus isn't speaking there about not defending ourselves. It's just this posture uh, that we will do good to those that hurt us. And we'll leave, we'll leave it up to the Lord then to, uh, to, to, to be the one to uh, take care of of and to even the vindication of uh, whatever accusations are coming our way. Yeah, that's great. The second time today, I've heard to cast your cares, and I think you know naturally, what I want to always want to do is just pick apart that person that has something to say or two cents, and say, "Well, you do this and do that and do that." But God, does, God calls us higher, and so I, I appreciate everything you said, man. So so much, and I agree with you, JT. I'm I'm right there with you. I, it, it's so natural to want to. <laughs> to push back against someone that pushes us. That's, that's the natural. Um, but what I love is as Jesus is doing this fresh work in us, he's, he's making us more like him, which is the great joy of, of this process. And as he's doing that, he's changing us. And, and then all of a sudden we're seeing ourselves responding in ways that we never would have responded or loving people we never would have loved. And that's wonderfully just evidence that, okay, God, you, you are clearly working in my life. And I thank you, God, for the good that you're doing. Yes, it's awesome. Yes. I appreciate you. All right, JT, thank you for calling. Appreciate it. God bless you. You're listening to Calvary Live. My name is Josh. Great to be with you today. Again, our number, 303-690-3000. If you've got something on your heart like JT that you want to share, just if you're asking for a particular prayer, we'd love to pray for you. If there's something that uh, you've been reading in your personal quiet times and devotions that you'd like to talk about, question perhaps that has come up in the midst of those uh, Bible readings or something maybe you heard on the radio that was a bit confusing, um, it's a joy to be able to 
have other believers in our lives to talk through these things with. And so that's what we're here for. That's what Calvary Live is here for. Myself on Fridays, we've got Pastor Jeff Figs from Calvary Chapel Greeley. He is on the show Mondays and Tuesdays. And of course, our one and only Pastor Ed Taylor is here Wednesdays and Thursdays uh, on the show. And then again, I'm, I'm privileged to be with you guys on Fridays. So thank you guys for tuning in to Calvary Live. Again, the number 303-690-3000. Or if you'd like to text in a prayer request, 720-336-0897. And we have, uh, is it Kina from Me- Memphis, Tennessee? Yes, it's Kina. Kina, great to have you on the show. Thanks for calling. Thank you. How can I'm I help you? I'm very happy that you have it. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm a great. That's wonderful to have you. Thank you. Uh, so I had two questions, and I also wanted to request a prayer. Absolutely. Um, so uh, my first question is with the Cain and Abel story. Uh, so they both um, gave an offering, but why was Cain sad? Like, why, why didn't God like Cain's offering? Yeah, that, that's a great question. Cain and Abel, of course, both the sons of Adam and Eve, uh, and, and it speaks of both of them in Genesis chapter 4, bringing offerings to the Lord. Um, and they were doing this because God had revealed to them, as even as early as Genesis chapter 4, that it was necessary uh, for, for there to be a sacrifice. And then so, as Cain, as you're asking, some wonder how Cain and Abel uh, why God accepted Abel's sacrifice and not Cain's. Uh, and I'm, I'll read real quick, so I'm pulling it up here, Genesis 4. It says there um, that the Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. Um, and, and so as we would continue to read God's word, we know that God looks at the heart. It tells us that in 1 Samuel 16, verse 7. So there was something there in Cain's motivation, something in his heart attitude, possibly oh, something no. in his performance that made his offering unacceptable to God. Uh, and it was obviously something that he was made aware of and that he himself could have remedied because God tells him later in Genesis 4, you will be accepted if you do what is right. And so there, there was the opportunity there for Cain to repent and to do what was right. Um, and then it tells us in Jude, the book of Jude, which is a book that often we kind of skip over <laughs> to get to Revelation. There are only one chapter in Jude, but it tells us there that, um, that certain people that are considered lawless people, that they have taken the way of Cain. And so you're thinking, well, what, is, what does that mean? Well, it may mean that like Cain, the, the people, these lawless people that Jude is referring to are disobedient, that they're, they're devising their own ways of worship, that they weren't coming to God on God's terms by faith. Uh, Cain's offering, again, it was acceptable in his own eyes, but it was not acceptable uh, in the Lord. And so in some way, Cain had perverted God's prescribed form of worship. His heart wasn't right. Uh, we do know that he grew jealous of Abel. Um, and of course, rather than repent, uh, Cain becomes angry. And then as we read in, in, in Genesis four later in the field, he kills Abel. And then that's when judgment is brought upon himself. So, um, one more verse I'll give you first John chapter three, John writing there, uh, is giving us more insight into Cain's heart because he says there, do not be like Cain who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. 
And, and John continuing to speak says, why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. So there, there is something about Cain's heart and his posture. Um, and, and, and possibly theologians will even say his, his sacrifice was more of a performance um, and less of coming in humility and, and bringing God the sacrifice that he wanted. Uh, so Cain, Cain is a fascinating character study in scripture. And again, it's not just in Genesis where we read about him, but we, but we see him mentioned several other times throughout scripture as well. Um, but wonderfully, um, you know, the, the, this idea of them bringing a sacrifice to the Lord, uh, later in Hebrews, it talks about Jesus being the ultimate sacrifice. And the writer in Hebrews there says that the blood of Christ speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. In other words, Back in Genesis 4, them bringing their sacrifice was just the beginning of the narrative of Scripture pointing to the fact that there needs to be a sacrifice for sin and ultimately the ultimate sacrifice, the Lamb of God uh, who, who took away the sin of the world. Jesus himself became that, that ultimate sacrifice so that we no longer need to bring sacrifices other than, as, as Paul says, we bring a sacrifice of praise, right, into the house of the Lord. Uh, Romans chapter 12 speaks of that. So... So I hope that helps a little bit to answer some of the questions. I really think it's heart heart motivation. Uh, and again, the Lord is able to look in, in the heart and saw something different in Cain's heart than he did his brother Abel's heart. Thank you for that clarity. That was that was exactly what I would like wanted to hear and needed to hear. Uh, so sure thing. Um and then you the said you had a prayer request as well? Yes, I do. Yeah. I do. Yes. Yeah, uh, just for in general life, um, just motivate me if you don't mind. Uh, of course, absolutely. I'd love to, love to pray for you, Kina. Kina, how old are you, by the way? Twenty nine. Twenty nine. Great, wonderful. And you live in Memphis, Tennessee. I do. Great. Was we, I was just out with Pastor Ed not too long ago. I'd say maybe six months ago out there in Tennessee, and absolutely love it there. So, uh, privileged to be able to pray for you. Lord Jesus, I just lift up my sister to you, uh, Kina, just so thankful for her. Thank you for her calling in, Lord. Thank you for her seeking answers in your word uh, and wanting to know not just, Lord, uh, what it is that your word says, but um, what it means. And, and we know that, God, your word is how you communicate your heart to us. Uh, and so we just pray that you'd bless her today, Lord. You know her Lord, you, your word says, you know, a thought before we think it and a word before we speak it. And you're familiar with all of our ways. And so uh, Kina is precious in your sight. You see her life, both the great joys of her life and the difficulties of her life and the things that she's wrestling through right now. Uh, also, the areas of blessing that are in her life. And so as she navigates this crazy world that we live in, uh, Lord, and seeks after you and wants to follow you, we just pray that your blessing would be on her, God, and that she would know you more and more, uh, and that you'd fill her again with just afresh with the power of your Holy Spirit. Uh, thank you, God, that we have the privilege of coming to pray and to bring these things before you and, and just to pray for one another. It's a great joy. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you, thank you Kina. Appreciate you calling. Hopefully we'll get an opportunity to talk to you again. Of course. I hope so. Thank you. All right. God bless you. Bye. All right, you're listening to Calvary Live. If you have a prayer request or a Bible question, it would be my privilege to be able to take that for you. Our producer today is Dennis. He's going to be answering the phone calls and uh, navigating through that as well. But the number to call in order to get to uh, Calvary Live and my friend Dennis is 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. 
303-690-3000. We have Felix calling from Baltimore, Maryland. Good afternoon, Felix. Good afternoon, sir. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. And you? Wonderful. I'm doing great. Thank you. Praise the Lord for that. How can I help you? Yeah, I I was asking a question from the question uh, before the last one. Uh, when the person was talking about uh, one losing his uh, salvation, if it was possible, my question to that, uh, your answer would be, does it mean if one is born again, uh, irrespective of his lifestyle that he chooses, that he's going to heaven? So if one is born again, and what was that second part of your question? If, if you're born again and you choose, or whatever lifestyle you choose to live, does that mean you'll still go to heaven? That, that's a great question. So, you know, God, God's Word says, and again, I'll just answer it a little bit broadly and then go specifically to your question because we, we know there's other people listening. But um, the Bible says in order to be a Christian, of course, uh, it's not just a person who says a prayer or walks down an aisle or somebody that's been raised in a Christian family. These things can all be part of, you know, your Christian experience. But what makes a, a person a Christian, of course, is someone that's fully trusted Jesus as their only Savior. Um, and the Bible says then that that person is born again. And so the question then is, okay, if if I put my faith and trust in Jesus and I believe that his sacrifice on the cross was powerful enough to, uh, to, to save me, then is he powerful enough to also keep me all the days of my life? And so some people would say, well, maybe you can lose that salvation. I, and actually, believe it or not, this is a question we get a lot. We get a lot of people wondering, how can I really know that I'm saved? How do I know that if I messed up and did something that, that I didn't lose my salvation? Well, there's, there's a bunch of scriptures in mind. Um, one of the things I think about is that it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, a Christian is a new creation. They've literally been brought from spiritual death into spiritual life. They brought, the Bible says, from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And they've only been brought uh, to, to, from death to life because of the blood of Jesus Christ, not because of anything that we've done. We could never accomplish salvation. We could never do enough good to gain salvation. And I believe that salvation is so powerful that we could never do enough sin to lose our salvation. Second uh, Corinthians 5, if anyone is a, in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come, it says there. So we're not just simply an improved person, a version of the person we used to be. We're an entirely new creation because we are in Christ. And so for a Christian to lose salvation, the new creation would have to be destroyed. And, and nowhere in Scripture does it talk about that. Um, you know, a Christian is justified through faith, and we have peace with God, it tells us in the book of Romans. Uh, and, and so I think of verses where it says that nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I think of verses where, it's, where God says we are eternally kept in the palm of his hand. Um, Philippians chapter 1 tells us that he who began a good work in us, he is faithful to complete the work in us. He is the faithful one. When we are faithless, he remains faithful. I love, there's so many promises when it comes to these things. Now, the question is, okay, if somebody claims to be a believer, but then there's no change in their life, and they continue to sin with no repentance or no conviction or no wrestling then my 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 exhortation to that person would be 
what is it that you put your faith and trust in? Because Paul talks about in Romans, this incredible gift of salvation and the grace that's been given to us. And then in Romans chapter six, verse one, he says, so can we continue in sin because we have all of this grace? He says, by no means, we've missed the point because there has to be evidence of God's work in our lives. There has to be evidence that we're truly saved. And so I think one of the questions, a lot of times people ask this question is because perhaps they're feeling, they're under such conviction in their own life because of sin in their life. Um, But I would say this, Charles Spurgeon is the one that said, dead men don't wrestle. So if you're wrestling with sin, if you're feeling conviction of sin in your life, that's evidence of uh, of the Holy Spirit at work alive in you. Um, So wonderfully, the very simple answer to that, I believe, is no, a Christian cannot lose their salvation. That's how powerful of a gift it is. All right, you're listening to Calvary Live. We'll be right back with you. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. All right, welcome to the second half of Calvary Live. My name is Pastor Josh Sorensen. It is a joy to be with you today. Appreciate already those phone calls and prayer requests that have come in from Baltimore, Maryland, from Tennessee, from Colorado. So good to have so many of you tuning in and listening. Again, Calvary Live comes to you every Monday through Friday from 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock here at Mountain Standard Time. Uh, We are right outside of Denver, Colorado in a city called Aurora, and we are part of Calvary Church. Pastor Ed Taylor, of course, our our lead senior pastor here. I'm one of the assistant pastors, and it's just a privilege to be with you today on this Friday, May 12th. Hard to believe we're already in May. Uh, I'm officially, I think, an old man now because life is going so fast (laughs) that I can barely catch up with it. But uh, again, we are here to take your Bible questions. If you have those, if you uh, just want a prayer request, again, such a a joy for us to come alongside you and pray for you. That for me, uh, just as somebody in ministry, uh, and 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 the more I grow in my walk with the Lord, I see the power of prayer, and it's it's a great privilege. I count it a privilege to be able to come to the Lord on behalf of of those of you that are um, looking for prayer. And again, what's wonderful about prayer is that you don't need a pastor to pray for you. You can come to the Lord at any point in the day or night. Hebrews says we can all boldly approach the throne of grace with confidence to find help in time of need. Uh, and so that no pastor is any more filled with the Holy Spirit than any of you listening. Those of you that are believers in Jesus and born again, you have absolute access into the presence of God, just as any pastor does. And so, uh, but it is a joy to be able to come uh, with one another and to pray for one another. So if you have something on your heart today that you would like prayer for, please Give us a call, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. I do want to share a quick testimony with you. Um, I think last week we mentioned to you that our church had a junior high retreat, and so we asked for prayer. There were a hundred, approximately a hundred junior hires that were at this retreat, and then, of course, 30-plus leaders. And uh, my son, Zach, who is in sixth grade, was a part of this retreat. And I'm getting texts Saturday night. They came back last Sunday that God was moving in 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 the uh, just the room with all of the junior hires. The word was being taught. There was worship. Of course, these guys were just playing nonstop games, having a great time. I heard, heard it was an amazing weekend. 
But God was doing something particularly special Saturday night there at this retreat. And so someone sent a picture of one of the, the pastors there, Pastor Ray uh, from Newark, New Jersey. He's such a good brother. And he was laying hands on my son, praying for him. And I thought, man, I want to I find out what that was about. So the next day, uh, all the kids get back. My wife picks up my son, brings him back home. He comes immediately uh, to me, and we're sitting down, and he's telling me about how God met him. And one of the things my son said, he, he's um, 11 years old. He's almost 12. He's in sixth grade going into seventh grade. And he says, Dad, you know, being raised in a Christian home, I've always heard about God. And a lot of times I've prayed, and, and yet I've really wondered, is God really hearing me? And he actually used the, word, the phrase, sometimes I feel like my prayers aren't reaching God, or they're, they're just kind of bouncing off the ceiling. Uh, and he said, and I've always just wondered if God is really there. And he told me after this retreat, he said, I know that God is there. He told me about this experience with him and all of his buddies where they were so convicted and just so overwhelmed with the presence of God. They all came forward and they all were asking for prayer. And as they're praying, they all begin to weep. And my son says, Dad, we could not stop crying. We just kept crying and crying and crying. And he's trying to put into words exactly what he was experiencing, which was the presence of God. And he's saying, we, we were just crying and crying, and yet it felt so good. And he said, we were, whole, we were hugging each other, and we were, we were so thankful and so overwhelmed with the love of God. And of course, for me, I'm hearing this, and there's tears in my eyes. And my son, who, by the way, very often, or very rarely, I should say, cries, he has tears in his eyes as he's sharing all of this with me. And my wife is there, and she's crying, and we're just praising God. And I want to share that with those of you that are listening, because many of you were praying for our junior high retreat. Uh, the next day, my son was outside with a buddy of his, and he came inside and said, Dad, I looked up in the sky tonight, and I'm looking at the stars. And he said, I feel like everything feels different today. And I said to him, well, buddy, maybe, maybe you were born again. Maybe you knew about the Lord, but now you know him personally yourself. Uh, because I said, what you're experiencing when you feel like things look so different is, is what so many people feel like when they come to know Jesus, when they're born again, when they're brought again from death to life. And so just thank you guys for praying for that junior high retreat. It was powerful. There's so many, many more stories of so many kids that were impacted. And, and I do want to extend an invitation if you are in the Denver area here in Aurora, Colorado. Our church is having a men's retreat. We're also having a high school retreat coming up. Uh, the high school retreat, that registration is closed, but we do have some spots available for our men's retreat. So if you're listening, you are invited. Uh, and that is June 2nd through 4th. So three weeks away, June 2nd through 4th. It's a weekend, Friday evening until Sunday morning. Uh, and it's going to be in Allen Spark, Colorado, which is a little over an hour here from Aurora. It's at a, a retreat center called Highlands. And we have just a, bu a bunch of guys from our church. This is the first retreat we're having in a couple of years because, of course, the pandemic and COVID. And, um, and just we're going to get away. We're, we're going to go up to the mountains. We're going to open our Bibles. We're going to sing praise to the Lord. And we're going to pray with one another. And that's really the heartbeat behind it. And, and as we do that, uh, I, I have no doubt that as God showed up at this junior high retreat, that he's going to show up with the men as well. And we're really praying because the men, of course, are in so many ways, if, if God catches the hearts of the men and their hearts are lit on fire um, with, with, with passion for the presence of God and the purity of God, just imagine how that will 
will affect our church. Um, and so, men, if you're listening and you're in the area and you can make it, you are invited um, to our men's retreat. You can find all that information at calvaryco.church. That's our website, C-A-L-V-A-R-Y-C-O.church. And then you'll see some information there for our men's retreat, and that will give you all the specific details and registration. But you are invited again June 2nd through 4th, our, our Calvary Church men's retreat. So again, you're listening to Calvary Live. So good to have you with us. My name is Pastor Josh. The number again, 303-690-3000. So whether you have a question uh, or want to share something uh, perhaps that has been happening in your life regarding just your own walk with the Lord, and you've got something you'd like to engage around that or question around that, and of course, any prayer requests that you have, we'd love to take those 303-690-3000. We do have somebody waiting online. I just want to quickly follow up to the last question uh, from our brother in Baltimore. He was asking about losing your salvation. And the reason I want to follow up with this is because we get so many people asking this question, both here at the church, uh, here on Calvary Live. I think a lot of people are walking around unsure if they really are saved. And perhaps you're listening and you're saying, I'm one of those. I'm, I'm not sure if I'm a believer. And I would say this, if you're somebody that has no conviction of sin and you're living however you want to live and you just, you, 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 you've prayed a prayer and you believe that that's good enough, uh, and you're, but there's no change in your life. Well, I think that's where some of the passages in Scripture talk about you really wanting to examine yourself to know that what you put your faith and trust in uh, is is true and, and and true for you. Because the the question is, once we give our lives to Jesus, there begins a process. The Bible calls it of sanctification, where He's beginning to work in our hearts. Jesus says there's fruit that comes from our lives. And so some there is a change, and, and it doesn't have to necessarily be an, a drastic change right away. There's a lot of people that uh, they grow, but they grow very, very slowly, very incrementally. But if you're here and you're listening and you can say, I put my faith and trust in Jesus, and I am not the same I was a year ago. I'm not the same I was two years ago. Um, then I would say that's evidence of fruit in your life. And you may say, yeah, but I'm not where I want to be. Well, none of us are where we want to be. And you may say, yeah, but I'm still struggling with sin. Well, all of us are struggling with sin. But the difference is those of us that are living in sin with no conviction um, and no sorrow and no second thoughts of it, uh, and we're just using grace as a license to sin, or there's those of us that are truly struggling. Like Paul said in Romans 7, I don't do the things I want to do. I do the things I don't want to do. And then he says, who will rescue me from this? But then he answers the question, and this is the answer for all of you that are wondering, hey, I put my faith and trust in Jesus. How do I know I'm really saved? Well, Romans 8.1 tells you there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And if you're in Christ, he's the one that has saved you. He's the one that can keep you. Nothing, the Bible says, can separate a child of God from the Father's love. Nothing can remove a Christian from God's hand. God guarantees eternal life, and then he maintains the salvation he's given us. That's how powerful and good God is. The Bible says in Luke 15, the good shepherd searches for the lost sheep, and when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders, and then he goes home, the shepherd. And the idea there is that the lamb is found, the shepherd gladly bears the burden, and then he takes the full responsibility of bringing the lost one safely 
home. And that's what our Savior has done for us. One more verse, Jude chapter 1, two verses there, verses 24 and 25. They further emphasize there the goodness and the faithfulness of God. It says there, to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ, our Lord, before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. So it says there specifically to him who is able to keep you from stumbling, to him who is able to present you faultless before his throne. So take heart. The power of the gospel wasn't just the moment you said yes to Jesus. The power of the gospel is for your, your this current moment, that he has forgiven you, that he loves you, that he has filled you with his Holy Spirit, and that he'll continue till the end to walk with you. Even when we struggle with sin, even if we're backslidden, again, even if, if we're a prodigal, he calls us back. That beautiful word repentance can, be, can seem like an odd or a scary word. It actually is just a beautiful word that means you have the opportunity to make a U-turn to turn from sin and to turn to Christ. And, and Jesus himself is standing there with your, his arms wide open. And if you're listening and you feel far from God, it's not because God has moved from you. It's always because we've moved from God. But the moment we turn back, his arms are open and he's willing to receive us back into his fellowship again. So hope that's an encouragement for some of you listening. Uh, again, if you have any Bible questions or prayer requests, I'll give out the number 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. And we have Levi calling from Denver here. Good afternoon, Levi. Good afternoon. Great to hear from you. How can we help you? Well, you know, I wanted to share my testimony. I thought this would be a good time. Wonderful. Uh, when I was, if, if I may, I, when I was a little child, I was just about five, at four going on five. My father was in the military. And he was a linguist. He spoke multiple languages, and he was always deployed. This particular time, he was something had happened to him, and he was far away in a hospital recovering. And of course, we didn't know what or where or when. That's just how it was. My grandparents, my mom's folks, were visiting, and I didn't know them well because I'm a toddler, and we're a military family, so I hadn't only met them a handful of times. And this particular night, everyone's asleep. And I woke, something awoke me, and I, I was in the top bunk bed over my little brother. And I sat up, and there was a man in my room, and he was, uh, he was so tall, I looked over the side of the bed to say, I had never seen a person that tall, and he wasn't on the floor. He was levitated probably, I want to say a foot or two off the floor, up to my level. He was at the corner of the bed down at the end. And, and I remember not being scared, which is the odd part. Uh, I wasn't scared at all. I felt warmth, hmm. almost like someone was holding me. And I said, who are you? Oh, let me, let me describe him first. Uh, so it's a young man, 30s-ish. He's got, uh, uh, actually, let's back up. There's this green light around him that's lighting up my dresser, my wall, my door. And the only light I'd ever seen like that again was when I saw my first laser light show, and they spread the green across the top of it. Amazing. You know, it's, it's interesting. A lot of people I talked to have, I actually had a question the other day, uh, which was, uh, similar to what you're saying, uh, we the question was uh, a lot of times when people are at 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 death's door, and I know this isn't your your, your situation, but 
laying in a hospital bed, um, they, they have an experience of Jesus uh, or some presence of, of an angelic presence perhaps showing up in the room. And so I had uh, a sister from the church here asking, are those real? <laughs> or are the, like, how, how can we discern uh, what those things are or are not? And so I was telling her, I, my grandmother um, had cancer. She moved in with us. She was not a believer. Her, our entire life, we were trying to minister to her. Even as kids, we were sending her Bible verses. And, uh, and, and we used to take cassette tapes and record things and we'd say, Grandma, Jesus loves you. We want you to know Jesus. And, um, and she just always resisted it. But she was on, on her bed. She, uh, little did I know she only had three days left of life on this side of, of eternity. And, and I shared these things, you know, the gospel with her. And just, again, I'd done it a hundred times, but, but, but this, I knew this was probably the last time I was going to see her. And as I'm sharing with her, uh, she responds uh, and, and says, yes, I want to put my faith and trust in Jesus. And I could not believe it. It was, I was so overwhelmed with such joy. And I, I thought, Lord, this is incredible. After all of these years of praying for her and asking her over and over again, Grandma, please receive Jesus. He really loves you. She does it. And then I leave because I was going back to Bible college. And, uh, and my mom calls me and says that a couple days later, she says that she I called my mom in the room and said there was a, there was a man in here, and and he was so kind and he was so sweet. Uh, and my mom says there was nobody that came into the room, and I thought, well, that's really interesting. I wonder, you know, what that was. And I don't know the answer, so I'm sharing the story with you, telling you I don't really know the answer to that, other than as you hear a lot of these stories, there's a lot of people that have these the, uh, uh, these experiences with the Lord or with some kind of angelic presence. And uh, and, and speaking of angels, by the way, I do want to recommend an amazing book because if, if you appreciate these kind of things, Billy Graham wrote a book called Angels. Uh, and it's an amazing book. And he just tells story after story there of people experiencing um deliverance or experiencing freedom missionaries for example that are on the mission field and they're under the threat of other tribes coming in to take their tribe out and and angels show up and minister and angels show up and protect and so billy graham does a great job documenting a lot of those stories and the book is called angels and it's a, it's a great experience so again back to my grandmother whether she experienced an angelic presence whether jesus was there um beginning to tell her hey i'm going to bring you home soon and it was shortly after that that she did come home and so there are a lot of people, again, that experience uh, these kind of things. And so, of course, you want to be discerning. There's a lot of just n nutty stuff out there as well. A lot of stuff uh, with people out there believing things that are not biblical or things that, of course, you have to be discerning with these things. But, um, but there is a very real supernatural world beyond what our eyes can see. We know that there's spiritual warfare happening around us. We do know there's angelic presence around us wonderfully. We know there's fallen angels uh, that are at work and at play. So uh, again, just, just some things to consider, but appreciate your call. Thank you for calling and sharing just a little bit of, of your experience as well. We have a few minutes left for the show, so if you would like to share a, a, a prayer request with us, we'd love to pray for you, or if you have a Bible question uh, or something pertaining to your own Christian life, your, your experience, we'd love to be able to, to talk with you. 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000, uh, and I'm going to try to get to a question here. I'm going to pull up um, somebody that didn't want to necessarily be on the radio. Um, but uh, let's see, uh, wisdom in Proverbs chapter eight. So there's a verse there in verse 30 that reads, then I was beside him 
as a master craftsman, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him. That's that's Proverbs 8.30. And the question is, does this mean that wisdom is something separate from God? Is it like the Holy Spirit, um, a, a separate entity? That's a really, really good question, um, because he speaks there, the Proverbs speaks there a lot of wisdom. And as a matter of fact, the Oftentimes, Proverbs speaks of wisdom um, almost in the form of a lady. Uh, and so as you study the Proverbs, a lot of times wisdom there is personified as a woman. And so a commentary on, on Proverbs will often speak of lady wisdom, uh, which is really interesting. And so I, I believe that sp- speaking there of wisdom in the Proverbs, he's, he's speaking there, he's, he's personifying um wisdom that comes from the Lord. Scripture also tells us that God has given us a conscience, which is, I believe, separate from the Holy Spirit, but it's a way that God can speak to um, the the spiritual part of us. And so our conscience there is awakened. The Bible says that our conscience can also be seared. Um, and the Holy Spirit comes and his spirit ministers to our spirit. The psalmist says, as deep cries out to deep. So there's this interesting interaction with the spiritual part of us that interacts with the Holy Spirit. But then there's this idea of wisdom that comes along too. And, and uh, wisdom, uh, the Proverbs talks about a lot. Wisdom appeals for an audience. Wisdom is asking for attention. Um, wisdom speaks almost, again, like a person in the book of Proverbs. Listen to me, my children, right? Um, and so this, this personification, Solomon writing the book of Proverbs, he's speaking there uh, of wisdom as a, as a woman that is crying out from the streets and, he, and, the, and, and beckoning us to listen and to to take hold of the things that she's saying. Proverbs goes on to say there's another woman that also cries out in the street, and that woman is is a woman that's going to lure you into sin and lure you into her bedroom. It talks about there in, in the early parts of Proverbs. So I, I believe that wisdom there is because, because the book of Proverbs is a poetic book. It falls under a category of books, the Psalms, the Proverbs, Song of Solomon, Ecclesiastes, that are called the poetic books, that he's just using wisdom there, um, personifying wisdom to help us understand the kinds of, of ways that wisdom and the, and the Holy Spirit can use, of course, wisdom, his wisdom, to minister to us. But I love this picture of wisdom being a woman that is instructing us as little children to listen and to take heed. Um, it, it says there in Proverbs 8, Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the posts of my doors. For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. So again, wis- wisdom is is um, the Proverbs, author of Proverbs is writing there and explaining that wisdom is something that is given to us. And the word goes on to say, the Bible goes on to say that we we find wisdom. God is all wise is one of the things it says. We find wisdom from the word of God. Um, but wisdom is represented here as a woman. Um, a lot of times wisdom is, is represented as having school for the instruction of men uh, and seems to point out some of the most forward of her scholars coming through, um, through an intense desire to want to learn. Before the gates were even open is the picture there in Proverbs 8 of people waiting for admission to come in and to hear of wisdom, that they might hear out every word that's uttered, that they might not lose one uh, accent of heavenly teaching, as one pastor once said. Um, And wisdom says, blessed are those. So again, 
wisdom's not a real person, of course, but in the book of Proverbs, personified as wisdom. But we've also got now the Holy Spirit that has awakened our spirit to be able to hear uh, what God would say to us and obtain favor from the Lord, uh, which is better than life. God's favor is no empty favor. It's not like the uh, sun that casts a, uh, you know, it's, it's rays on us and shines on us only in the good times, but gives little heat or comfort. Favor from the Lord uh, comes around us and gives us great comfort, great joy, and wisdom is often a part of that. So hope that that kind of helped answer your question um, a little bit. If not, uh, we can engage around that some more. Uh, we're going to give out the number one last time. We've got a few minutes left, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. And I do want to share something else with you as well. Um, a lot of people are, are wrestling and struggling, perhaps you're listening right now, just with difficulties in your life. And, and one of the questions that people often ask, and I am front in line to say question I will often ask is why? So if you're listening and you're going through some kind of a difficulty, I'm sure you understand the question that we pray and we cry out to God, why? Why? And I think it's completely natural uh, to ask why God would allow something to come into our lives that would be so difficult. Why, for example, why is there so much pain in the world? Um, or why am I being afflicted when so many others seem to have it so easy? And as pastors, we're answering this question a lot. Uh, as, as, as ministers in the church, we're coming around people that are, are asking us, as they're sharing their story, why is God allowing this to happen? And it's not always easy to come up with the answers to that question because we don't fully understand God's ways but there's a few things that I do know, uh, just a couple of promises in God's word that I wanted to share with you. They may seem very sort of basic, um, but when you're going through a difficulty, these become things to hold on to in the midst of whatever struggle that we might be facing. One of the promises is that God is in control, no matter what we're going through. Uh, while we all want the mountaintop experiences or the wonderful times when everything is going well and things are all as it should be, um, those moments are are actually few. There's there's no golden ticket to an easy life. Scripture never talks about that. Jesus doesn't say, if you come to me, everything will go well. He says, in this world, there will be trouble. Um, but in fact, Jesus tells us this in John chapter 16, that, that not only are things not going to go well, but the opposite is true. He says, these things I've spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have trouble, or tribulation is another word he uses, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. So again, God is in control. Yes, there will be hard times. It's guaranteed there will be hard times. But there's also a promise that Christ has overcome the world and he's in control. Also, God promises this, that no matter what you're going through, good will result from your suffering. Good will come. Billy Graham is the one that once said, mountaintops are for views and inspiration, but fruit is is grown in the valleys. So again, both the mountaintops and the valleys of life make us to cry out to Jesus. The mountaintops cause us to praise God, so we cry out in great praise to him, while the valleys, the difficulties, cause us to cling to God. But again, a promise, if you put your faith in Jesus, he tells us he will take your suffering and he'll use it to a positive end. He'll bring good out of it. Uh, Romans 8.28 says it, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So again, for those of you that are listening as we get ready to wrap up the show here and you're going through difficulty and you're going through struggle, 
and you're going through your trials, uh, my, my heart goes out to you. And I just want to pray for you before we close the show. Uh, you may be traveling a valley that's incredibly difficult and incredibly painful. Um, but I pray that you'll take solace in knowing that God has a plan, uh, that you may not see the fruit in this season of your life, but even now he is working through you. Your life matters and he's producing something through the difficulties. Again, one more time, I'll read that quote from Billy Graham. Mountaintops are for views and inspiration, but fruit is grown in the valleys. Fruit is grown in the difficulties that we experience. And so, Lord Jesus, just as we close the show, uh, you just laid on my heart this uh, desire to want to just pray for those that are listening in, that are struggling, that are going through difficulty, illness, loneliness, um, the loss of a loved one, difficult consequences because of sin, broken relationships, uh, mental health issues, depression, anxiety, uh, any of those that are struggling with suicidal thoughts, Lord, all of these things that come our way so often, we just want to bring them before you in this moment. God, we acknowledge that, again, your word tells us that there's nothing that has come into our life that you don't see. And God, you will, you will use everything that it comes into our life as a result of this broken world that causes us pain and causes us difficulty. Lord, you will use it for your good and for your glory, your word says. And so I just pray you minister, Holy Spirit, to those that are listening, that are in that season, that they would sense the peace of God. You say that you are the Prince of Peace. Jesus, you say that you give a peace that the world cannot give, the peace that comes from you. Peter uh, says again, cast your cares, our cares, upon you because you care for us. Paul says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication to make our requests known to God. And then in turn, you give us a peace that passes all understanding, that guards our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. So we lift up everyone that's in that season. We pray for them, Lord, that you minister to them. In Jesus' name, amen. been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.